But now for the Bebobby Riders in today's very different adventure, The Great Man. The land has always been the source of man's greatest happiness and greatest sorrow. Since the first seed was sown, it played with man like a puppet, at times offering him bounty, at other times refusing even survival. No, the life of the farmer is not an easy one, but he's kept at it, even at times when other men seem to have allied themselves with nature in an effort to mock and destroy him. Please, Senor Craig, all I ask is that you give me a few more weeks. Then I shall reap my crops and you shall have your money. But if I reap now to pay you, I will not even have enough money left to buy seed for next year. Please, senor, if you will only... Get your hands but off me. But I only me. want... I said get your filthy hands off me. Now get this straight, stupid. I'm not interested in your troubles. I don't care if you live or die. I'm only looking out for one guy. Me. But, senor... Let me finish. Well, like I said, I'm not interested in what happens to you. I know just one thing. That note of yours comes due in three days. Neither I get my money, or I'll sell your crop from under you. And so I am come to you, Senor Mason, for advice. I do not know where else to turn. Golly, Tex. How can a fellow be as mean as that Trek? I wish I knew, son. But Miguel, what I don't understand is why you borrowed from Trek. You knew his reputation. He see, but I need the money. I wish we could help him, Miguel, but I'm afraid we could never raise enough money in time. Golly, I don't know anybody around here that has that much money. That is, except for the Colonel. Why, doggone, little boss, that's it. Shucks, why didn't we say to him? The Colonel? Sure, Miguel, he's the man for you to see. Oh, he's a great man. Well, he spent most of his time helping other folks in a little while since he came here. Yeah, but first... Don't you think we're right, Tex? That the Colonel is the right man for Miguel to see? Well, if anyone can help, he's the one. He has the money, and he's helped other people. And do you think he will help me? Why, sure he will. Heck, you come on. We'll take you over to his place, and then hey, we'll... Hey, hold on now. Oh, what, little boss? Well... <sighs> Nothing, Wendy. Come on, we're all right over to the Colonel. No, wait, Bobby. Look. We ain't gone nowhere. Glory be. Speak of the devil. Howdy, boys. It's the Colonel himself, riding this way. Good morning, Colonel. And good morning to all of you. Oh, boy. <laughs> A beautiful day, isn't it, boy? Yeah, doggone, what you doing here, Colonel? Why, shucks, we were just coming to see you. And instead, I've come to see you, or rather to see Miguel here. Me, senor? Uh-huh. That is, assuming you are Miguel, your wife said you were coming here. See, si, see, si, I am Miguel. But you came to see me? Well, I thought it better. From what I hear, you could use some help. Then you know about his trouble? I make it my business to find out when folks need help. And before you even ask, Miguel, I can tell you right now, you can have the money. You mean it? You, you will give me the money? Well, no, I won't give it to you. <laughs> Gotta make it seem all businesslike so my lawyer won't get upset. <laughs> but you just go see him in the morning, give him a mortgage on your place, and... He'll give you all the money you need. A mortgage? But I... Well, shucks, now, it don't matter none if you give a mortgage to the Colonel, Miguel. He'll treat you fair. And you'll be able to pay him back as soon as you harvest your crops. See, si, see. Si. But... Well, if you say it is all right... Sure, it's all right. You don't think I'm out to cheat you, do you? <laughs> no, no, of course not. I... I do what you want. Well, then your troubles are over. And there's nothing that pleases me more in helping somebody out of trouble. 
So how about inviting me in for a while, Tex? We'll all celebrate. What? Oh, yeah, of course, Colonel. Come on inside. We'll all go in. Hey, little boss, Irish. Come on. I'll be there in a minute, Wendy. In a minute. Bobby, you got something on your mind. Oh, why the serious look. You should be happy that Miguel's troubles are over. Are they, Irish? I wonder. Well, what do you mean? Well, doesn't it seem funny to you that the colonel found out about this so soon? And that he came to find Miguel? Huh? Oh, oh now, Bobby, surely you don't think... I know, Irish. You think I'm crazy. You're like everybody in the Big Ben. You think the colonel is a great man. But, Irish, I don't like him. I don't trust him. And I have a feeling that Miguel's troubles have just begun. <laughs> It's now the evening of the same day. Both Miguel and the Colonel left a long time ago. But the effect of their presence has not gone with them. Instead, it's left a source of disagreement. One in which Bobby finds himself pitted against all the other hands. All right. I know you think I'm crazy. You all think the Colonel is a great man. But I don't like him. And I don't trust him. But why, son? That's what I don't understand. He's been nice to you. He's been too nice. That's just it. Huh? Oh, now, little boy. Oh, Wendy. He tries too hard to make folks think he's a real great guy. Like he's afraid to see what he's really like. God, you know what I mean, don't you, Tex? I'm afraid not, son. I hate to say this, but it seems to me like you're reaching pretty far to justify yourself. But... Oh, gee whiz, nobody understands. Well, you can't blame us, Bobby. After all, when a man has a reputation and is as well-liked as the colonel, well, why should oh, you... Oh, forget be... I said anything. Let's drop it. All right, that may be the best way. Only one thing, son. We're supposed to go over tomorrow when the colonel gives Miguel his money. When we do, I want you to be nice to the colonel. Now, do you understand, son? Mm. No matter how you feel, I'll expect you to be nice to the colonel tomorrow. Well, then, Miguel, I guess your troubles are just about over and everybody's happy. Yes, sirree, that's the way I like things. Everybody happy. My lawyer's got the mortgage paper to keep him happy. I'll give the money to Trek when he gets here, and you'll have plenty of time to repay me. Not quite, senor. I do not know how I shall ever repay you for all you have done. Why, shucks, I'm glad to do it. After all, you're a friend of these B-Bar-B-B folks, and that's good enough for me. Believe me, Colonel, we appreciate what you've done for Miguel, too. Don't we, boys? Yes, sure, sure. Hey, what about you, Bobby? You've been mighty quiet today. Has my little man got something on his mind? I... No, Colonel. Nothing. Well, let's brighten up, lad. You know how the old Colonel feels about folks? There's nothing that makes me happier than making other folks happy. <laughs> yeah, so you said. Eh? What's that? Bobby. Well, he went Texas, too. He said the same thing about 50 times this morning. Now, you just hold on there, young man. That's no way. Oh, no, no, let him be, Tex. Can't blame the boy. I suppose I do talk too much about how I feel. Bobby still has no right. Oh, now, you just let the lad be. Besides, I see Trek heading up this way. I tell you what, I'll go see him and get things settled myself. That way, you won't even be bothered by it. No, wait, Colonel. I want Bobby to apologize. Tony, Tex, Tony, Paul. I understand the boy. Well... I hope you're proud of yourself, Bobby. Oh, gone, little boss. What got into you? I, I just couldn't help it, fellas. He, well, he just got under my skin. I see. 
And you think that gave you the right to insult him? But, Cash, I... Okay, so I was wrong. You certainly were, and it's up to you to make up for it. But how? You're going after the colonel right now and apologize to him. Well, go on. He's over there by that shed talking to Trax. But, Trax, Oh, all right, I'll go and apologize. <laughs> Once he reaps his crops, he'll be able to pay you back. Tell me, and if he reaps them, Trek. Huh? Don't be a fool. I didn't bring this about. Give you the money to loan McGill in the first place. To take any chance of losing? Well, have you been taken in by this great man reputation I've built up? No, but I, I mean to have this land, Trek. What I want, I get. Since these crops seem to be in the way, they'll have to be removed. Removed? You mean you're going... I mean we're going to see to it that there aren't any crops to be raked. We'll take care of it tomorrow night. But, Colonel, I don't know what you're told. And I'm telling you right now. We're destroying McGill's crops tomorrow night. Boss, what you running like that for? You do as I told you, son? Did you apologize to the colonel? No, Jack. I couldn't. You didn't? But I told you to. I know what you told me, Jack. But when I got there, I heard Trek and the colonel talking. Trek, the colonel's a crook. He's what? Oh, gone, little boss. You must have blowed a gasket running that way. Oh, you are joking, no, Bobito? No, I'm not. It's true. This whole thing was a scheme to get your line, Miguel. Trek and the colonel were working together. They're going to destroy your crop tomorrow night. Destroy my crop? I can't believe it. But it's true. We've got to stop them, Tex. Tex! Oh, golly, Tex. You believe me, don't you? Son, I'm disappointed in you. Making up a story like this. But I didn't make it up. It's the truth. I'm afraid the truth is more obvious, Bobby. You took a dislike to the colonel for some reason. You didn't even try to hide that. Well, sure, but... And now, to keep from having to admit you were wrong, you've made up this whole fantastic story. But I didn't. Oh, golly, Jack. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. I heard them plotting it. you've got to believe me. Somebody's got to believe me. Miguel? Wendy? Irish? All right, then. If you won't help me, I'll stop him alone. But you'll see, all right. Tomorrow night, you'll all see. Tex! Oh, glad to be Tex. Thank goodness you're here. Oh, Irish, what is it? Yeah, what's wrong? It's Bobby. He's been so upset all day that I decided to keep an eye on him. Only I lost track of him for a couple of minutes. But have you found him again? That's just it, Tex. When I found him, he'd saddled Amigo, and before he could stop me, he rode off. What? And he was headed toward Miguel's. Oh, my gosh, Tex. What do you reckon he's up to? I don't know, but we're certainly going to find out. You stay here, Irish. Yes. Wendy, you come with me. We're heading for Miguel's. Yes, sir. is just about perfect track. Look down there at that field. The wind's blowing straight toward Miguel's crop. Yeah. But so what? Oh, if we start a fire here at the foot of the cliff, it'll sweep straight down on his field and wipe it out. A fire? Here? Why not? It'll be safe enough for us with that wind on our side. But you'll never get away with it, Colonel. 
How can you explain a fire starting here? Don't worry, I thought of that. But how can Just you... leave the thinking to me, Trek, all you have to do... Wait a minute. I thought I... Yes. Over there. By that outcropping. There's someone hiding there. You mean we've been spotted? But who? Never mind, whoever it is, we gotta get him. Come on, Trek, we gotta get him. Yes. Hey, it's the Benson kid. And he's hitting for his horse. He'll get away. Oh, no, he won't. Stop! Stop or I'll shoot! All right, then! Well, I thought that I'd stop you. There. What are you doing here, kid? What difference does it make once this kid tells what he heard? All he isn't gonna tell. Are you, Bobby? <laughs> no, no. And you know why? Because little boys shouldn't play with fire. What do you mean? Just what I said. We're going to teach our lad a lesson. A permanent lesson. You don't dare do anything to me. Why not? We're already planning a fire. So what's more natural than someone dies in the fire, huh? Don't just stand there, Trick. Now hold the kid. You start the fire. We're going to teach this lad a really good lesson. <laughs> Now come back here. Yeah. We better get out of here. A couple of minutes more and there'll be a regular wall of fire. And if it should turn on us... That won't. The wind's too strong. No, it'll go straight down on Miguel's field. Yeah? Well, I'd still say we ought to get out of here. Oh, I am, Trick. After I take care of two more items, the boy and you. Me? Hey, that gun. Put it down. I will after I've used it on you. Colonel, you can't. I, I helped you. You're a fool, Trick. Didn't you see there was only one way to keep from suspecting me of this fire? I have to prove someone else did it. And that someone is you. No, Colonel, you, you, you can't mean it. Can't I? If I tell him I found you here in Shutcher's, you were setting a fire, who's to say otherwise? The boy? And I'm dropping him in front of the fire on the way out. No, Trek, there's no one to stop me. I'll still be the great man. I'll oh, kill him. you won't. You fool, fool, let go. Let go of me. I... Let go. He sees his chance. It's a slim one. His only escape is through that specially closing wall of fire. But it's a chance he must take. Frank! The boy's getting away! Go, Frank! Let me go! Let me go! But Bobby has already vanished in the tall smoke that's filling the air. He's plunging forward toward that wall of fire, praying he can find the gap. He's gotta get you! He's got you! He's got you! A tongue of flame suddenly lances from the smoke toward him. He leaps back and tries again. Now all sense of direction is gone. His eyes burn from the acrid smoke. He's not so smart. But suddenly he hears... Amigo! Amigo, is that you? Who are you? Oh, God, boy. They've got to get out of here. We've got you. Probably from exhaustion. We'd better get him away before the fire reaches the field. I... I'm sorry, Miguel, but I don't see any way to save your crop. See? See, I know that as soon as I see the fire. It is moved straight toward the... Madre mio! It's... Senor Tex, look! Well, what you looking at, Miguel? I don't... Oh, my gosh, I do see. It's the wind, Tex. It's changed. Completely reversed itself. Driving the fire back towards the cliff. Oh, God, am I glad we're on this side. 
If we was on the other again the cliff, we wouldn't stand a chance. See, but my crop, it, the fire do not even touch it. Senor Texas is a miracle. A miracle. <laughs> This son, the fire was swept back against the cliff where it burrowed itself out. It didn't even touch Miguel's crop. Yeah, he's convinced it was a miracle the way that wind swung around. Golly, I don't blame him. Yes, worked out well for him. But there's just one sad part, son. We learned that after the fire burned out. What do you mean, Jack? Well, little boss, we we found a body in the fire. It was the colonel, son. Colonel? Dad? Mm-hmm. As near as we can figure it from the evidence, Trek was there, too. Trek must have set the fire, and the colonel caught him doing it. They fought, but before either could win, the fire turned on him. Trek escaped, but the colonel was killed, fighting the fire. But, Trek, that is... Ain't that just like the colonel, little boss, dying to help somebody else? Not that it matters now, but... Well, I reckon that proves you was wrong about him. At least ways it will, once we catch Trek, we'll get the truth from him. Oh, fellas, he just... I, I mean... Oh, dear... No, I guess there's no reason to argue now. You'll find out when you catch Trek. Yes, sir. When Trek talks, you'll learn the whole truth about the great man. To you by Dentine. The gum with <gasps> breathtaking flavor. And Beeman's Pepsin, the gum that's great to chew and good for your digestion, too. And this is Cactus Carl Warren, along with Bobby Benson, Wendy Wells and his wild tales, and Tex Fletcher, the singing cowboy. Now here's Bobby. On the Lone Star Trail, the troubles all began. The old cook hit me with a frying pan. Come a tie-eye, yippee-yippee-yay, yippee-yay. Come a tie-eye, yippee-yippee-yay. Wendy Wells, he bought himself an ad. He got stuck with an old flea bag. Come a tie-eye, yippee-yippee-yay, yippee-yay. Come a tie-eye, yippee-yippee-yay. Wendy out riding, taking his time. A grizzly bear made him change his mind. Come a about my old friend, Dizzy-Fingered Mulrooney, also called Tucker and Pete Mulrooney, by them which knowed him good enough. Tucker and Pete, Dizzy-Fingered. Those are very strange names, aren't they, Wendy? Not if you happen to be the finest sweet potato player in the Southwest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sweet potato player. Exactly. He learned how to tootle them sugary spuds when he was working as a vegetable -erian on a sweet potato farm. <laughs> vegetable -erian. You know, a vegetable doctor. Wendy, there is no such thing. <laughs> Little boss, I'm surprised that you vegetables needs doctors. Why, who treats the eyes and them potatoes? Oh, Wendy. And the corn, supposing something went wrong with the ears. Oh, oh Wendy. They've got to have a doctor on hand. <laughs> well, anyways, let me get back to my story, which was, uh, the, the, uh, which was, uh, uh, which was it? The story of Dizzy Fingered Marooney. Oh, yeah. Well, sir, will I ever forget the day he won the Sweet Potato Playing Championship? Will you? I'm glad you asked that, Carl. I never will. <laughs> Everybody was there, tuned in for the excitement. Well, Dizzy Finger, sometimes called Tucker and Pete Mulrooney, was defending his title, so he played last. And that was mighty tough, too, because there had been some mighty hot potato playing that day, I'll tell you. Mighty hot. <laughs> well, sure enough, Mulrooney steps up to the plate and picks out a medium-sized potato. And then, just as he was ready to play, it happened. And it was awful. What happened? What was awful? Tucker and Pete pucker wouldn't pucker. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, no. Fellers, I ain't never seen nothing so horrible. Poor Pucker and Pete trying to pucker his pucker and not a pucker. There would have been a new champion that day if I hadn't come to his rescue. You came to his rescue? From right out of my pocket. And the next thing everybody knows, there was the prettiest music afloating from that potato they ever heard. Mulrooney won easy. What did you put out of your pocket? A tuning fork. Fellers, when Mulrooney sliced his sweet potato with that tuning fork, it was just beautiful. Wendy, are you telling us a true story? Why, little boss, of course I am. You get that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taste the difference when you chew. Flavor on the outside, inside, too. Chicklet! Chicklet! Time the difference by the clock. Flavor lingers, tick, tick, tock. Chicklet! Chicklet! Count the difference, count them, cousin, every box, an even dozen. Chicklet! 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 Get the big nickels worth. You can taste the difference, time the difference, count the difference. And whether you chew gum to keep your mouth fresh and clean, or just for the plain fun of chewing it, you'll be better off on every count with Chicklet. They're flavored on the outside, flavored on the inside. With chiclets, you don't chew the flavor out, you chew the flavor in. That's why the goodness lingers on and on. They're candy-coated. Flavor-coated. Mmm, pleasure-coated. And more fun for your money. So get the big nickels worth. Chiclets, chiclets, chiclets. With an old cow herd upon the trail in for Dodge City. Well, I get my sales store boys to come down. They are so pretty. Well, I used to make Sunday at this same time. Adios, amigos. Adios, Bobby.